Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You dropped in at the spot. Like I tell you, this is the location, the place where the conversation is pointed. The guests are sharp. There they are. The responses are never dull. Today, we have a dynamic duo. We are in Paris, originally from Israel. That's what I thought. Okay, so, but Brains, what they do is they came up with a brilliant, brilliant business model. Have you ever relocated? Have you ever had to make a move? We're not talking about internationally. We're just maybe talking about domestically and just found how unsettling it was for you and your family, uh, learning a different culture, learning a different language. Well, these ladies have incorporated this for international. You're a military wife. You're moving from the United States to Germany. You have no friends. You have no job. You have no way of networking. You're there looking at those kids. They have no friends and everything is canawapas and your spouse is gone. Maybe they're in the military. Maybe they're working. Maybe you're in Dubai, a totally different religious belief. But these ladies are really working with women around the world. They have created such a strong network to support them, to encourage them, to motivate them, and to connect them with other individuals that might be experiencing the same thing. So we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more here. Think together, two beautiful sisters. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how you show up in the world, how you move from Israel uh, to Paris, and the work that you're doing now. So I'm Gal, and uh, as, as you mentioned, uh, I have a background in positive psychology over the past couple of years. This is uh, a change in the career that I've done. I, I wasn't, I didn't start like that my my adult life. Uh, and but to go back to what what you just asked, uh, we are originally from Israel. We are sisters, and uh, we first moved abroad as young kids when I was only two years old. My aunt was six years old, and since then we moved. I think each one of us about eight or ten times, something wow. like that. We, we, we love change. We love relocating. Um, it's been a natural part of our lives. And yeah, so that's where our journey starts, somewhere in the 90s. Yeah, and uh, we last moved to France from Israel uh, a year and a half ago, and you moved two and a half years ago. Um, decided to relocate during COVID. Once again. <laughs> Once again. So... What caught, what sparked the change and what, what encouraged you to go to France? Well, we have different um, answers, I think. <laughs> uh, it For me, it was a dream of mine uh, since I think 10 years ago, I wanted to mm. move back to France. I, want, I love Paris. I'm really inspired by the city. I feel free here. And when I became a mother, I wanted to give my daughters um, the opportunities that I had as a child in France and I wanted to open their world and their minds and to give them this amazing experience. Um, 
So we took some time to convince my husband and to find the right way to do that. And we finally did during COVID. Put a lot of wine and cheese and nuzzling. <laughs> that usually works. That usually works. Go. Are you married? No, I'm single. Uh, so you could just pick up and just go and do whatever it is you want to do at any given time. Yes, it comes with other challenges. But I guess um, one of the reasons I decided to move from Israel to France two and a half years ago is that when COVID started, I was finally able to answer my own questions that I put aside for so long. Like everything stopped. So it was a good time to stop and think. And one of the things, if, if you're asking me if I'm single, I was still single back then. And um, and I asked myself, like, do I want to have a family in Israel? And the answer was no. And I was like, okay, so if I can finally be super honest about it with myself and be like, this is not what I'm looking for, uh, then why am I here? Let's let's move. And, wow. Okay. So you just uproot everything. Your culture, your religion, your your education, your homes, everything in Israel and moved to France. Was there a culture shock? So the first time when we arrived to France as kids, the culture shock was huge. Mm. I don't know if you can imagine back in the 90s, the gap between Israel in the 90s, we lived in a small town in Israel, and we arrived to France, big France, with a lot of choices and nature and different kind of people and a different language. It was huge. And every time after that, it was different culture shock. And I think the most interesting thing is when we came back to Israel, every time it was a culture shock as well. Even if we were born there, we were so different when we came back that the culture was different to us and it was harder. So when we talk about cultural shocks, we're talking about um, lifestyle, living conditions, food, language, um, even getting to know people. You know, I went to Europe for the first time. Can you believe this? I just now got to Europe. Uh, and I was in Italy and I noticed that it was different here in the United States. We're all in your face. Hey, how you doing? This no, it was very reserved. If you make eye contact, your first introduction is a smile. And if you get the smile back, but they're not all in your face. And so sometimes people find that offensive and they feel that people are judging them, but it's just a cultural difference, you know, and you had children. Well, you, you both went um, to France as children. Was it hard to make friends? Do you remember? I think you don't remember. A lot. I don't, I don't remember a lot as a kid. Yeah. I'm starting to remember later on, but, yeah, but I think, uh, as kids, even though the gap between the, the culture is very big, I found uh, friends very easily because the mm -hmm. kids really helped me. They taught me the language. They taught me how to, you know, interact with them. They taught me so many things. So for me, it was much easier than for my mother, for example. Mm -hmm. How are your daughters ad adapting? Very well. Very well. <laughs> now, how old are they? Uh, one is nine and uh, one is five and a half. 
oh, okay, they're at great ages, you know, because the teenagers tend to rebel. They don't want to leave their friends. They don't want to do any of that. Go, you work psychologically with people. What would you say to a, a, a woman or that's about to move her family right now? How does she prepare herself for the unknown? So basically, it's first of all, it's understanding that there's going to be a lot of unknown. And as much as you want to prepare yourself and as much as you want to know, I think one thing we're telling to our clients all the time is you got to know that you are not going to, you you won't know everything. Like there's a lot of things that are just going to come. And part of it is exactly, you mentioned it perfectly, is preparing yourself emotionally and mentally to the fact that there's going to be challenges, that there's going to be surprises, that there's going to be things that you cannot expect and cannot even think about right now. And no matter how many people you're going to talk to and how many blogs you're going to read or books or everything you're going to do, there are things that are just going to be different for you because you're a different person. Um, so from a psychological point of view and a mental point of view, there's a big importance about knowing who you are and embracing yourself and your capabilities and preparing your mental state and your emotional state to move abroad so that you feel confident and you feel resilient and you know how to approach it in a way that serves you better instead of just going for it and just taking care of all the checklists and just suck it up. That's what most women are doing. So ladies, excited is an adventure this is a new chapter in your life this is a rite of passage this is growth this is development you're going to meet great people you're going to learn great restaurants you're going to do great shopping this is an exciting time in your life so don't look at it as ho-hum if you go with that attitude that's how it's going to end up it's going to be a you know it's going to be a bum deal yeah that's exactly that and it can be the dream but unfortunately, we see so many, so many women, this is our audience, but we see so many men as well. So many people that are struggling because right. they expect something and the reality doesn't meet the expectation. They look for the Instagram kind of lifestyle. And as you right. mentioned before, there are culture shock, there are differences. You need to be willing to accept that. You cannot move from the US to Germany and expect it to be the US. Exactly. It's and I tell to... people, even when you go on vacation, don't pack your American. You know, we have, I don't, you know, I just open myself up. I'm saying, please, I'm saying, thank you. I'm opening myself up to learn. This is a learning opportunity. Don't pack everything that you've already known. You can educate other people, but they want you to not only acculturate, but they want you to assimilate. They want you to learn the, you know, how to use the currency, how to drive the car, how do you go to the market? You know, all those things were strange to me. When I went to Italy, I was like, wow, I can't get a driver's license here if I moved here. I can only live here six months if I'm an American. You, can you have dual citizenship? You know, what is the health care like? There's so many contributing factors. So tell me a little bit, uh, Mayan, how you work with your clients and who are your ideal clients? So our ideal clients will be women that decided to move abroad and want to prepare themselves, like, again, like you said before, mentally and emotionally to this big change in their lives. Uh, because we always say, when you move abroad, you need to deal with 
so many things and so many challenges, you know, bureaucracy and healthcare and insurances and banks and all those th things that are really, really overwhelming. But when you prepare yourself mentally and emotionally to deal with all those things and you come stronger and more confident to those challenges, then you can see them as opportunities, for example. And yeah. so we are looking for, you know, in our audience, we are looking for those women who want to work on themselves to get stronger, to get, you know, better at life and to move abroad, you know, to enjoy it, to enjoy it. We, we really believe that life abroad is about creating a life that you actually enjoy living. It's not about the struggle. It's not about the challenges. It's about, you know, enjoying life. Okay, let's be the realist. Yeah. Well, everybody's not going to make the adjustment. No. Okay. Everybody is not going to be happy. No. Uh, you might get over there. I've heard stories where they get over there and the spouses break apart. And now yeah. you're in a foreign country and you've got to adapt. You get over there, you can't find a job. You get over there, you're not good at making friends. You get over there, you start drinking. You start yeah. drugging. Your kids start rebelling. What do you say to that woman? So first of all, we see a lot of those and you know honestly we were this woman before we were the miserable woman struggling abroad not feeling like we belong not feeling that like we can deal with everything not feeling like we can do this like blaming Just everything and everyone blaming the french people blaming the israelis the the british the irish the, the <laughs> we, we had it all and yeah. i'll tell you this it's it's very natural we've been there we know how it feels and you know then the first choice is to say oh i want to go back home mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let, let me just that, done it's enough i cannot deal with it too much too much too much too much it's it's just so hard sometimes that you just you just want to quit and when you deal with normal life, then you don't have this idea of maybe if I'll go back home, things we're going to get back to normal. Maybe I'll have my relationship back. Maybe I'll have my job back. Maybe I'll have my house and my friends and everything. But actually, it's not true. It's not wow. only that. Wow. And because you're not the same person and it's about who you are. And what we're telling to our clients when when dealing with things like you mentioned uh, whether it's hard time with their partners or with the kids or with themselves adapting to a new country is let's turn the camera. It's not about what's going on outside. It's not about where you're currently living. It's not about who you're currently living in. It's about who you are. If you're not in a good space with yourself, if you don't love yourself, if you don't respect yourself, if you don't think you have the capabilities to do that, then everything will turn in the wrong way for you and that's where we are here helping her to build back her inner happiness or inner self mm -hmm. uh and that's where it started for us as man said we weren't where we are right now a couple of years ago wow so the struggle is real brains know that it is it is and women go through a metamorphosis of change day to day you know, it's just a part of life. But I appreciate what you're saying and that you're being very transparent, saying, you know what, 
this is not going to probably be the best for everybody, but you can turn those lemons into lemonade by networking, by opening up. When you shut yourself down and close yourself in, you block opportunities. This is a window of opportunities. You work with women from across the globe. Tell me a little bit about your actual program and what you offer to clients. So we have two main programs at the moment. One online course that is designed to women who are about to relocate. So between three and six months before they actually move. So they prepare themselves. Because one thing we want to make sure is that they don't reach the statistics of 80% of women feeling miserable, frustrated, and depression after about six months after they relocated. So we want to prepare them before so they don't get to this point. That's our that's our aim. That's how big we want to go. Uh, so we have this one online course that is very much focused on preparing yourself so that stress doesn't take control over your move. And the second thing that we uh, offer to our clients these days is our monthly membership in which we meet on a weekly basis with women from all over the world just to provide them a support system, a group that they can feel they belong and they can share and talk about every single topic on their mind. We have different topics every single week and we just we just talk like friends behind the screen. It's on Zoom, adaptable for everyone, no matter where they are. So she knows she's never alone. Do you set up meetup groups in certain locations for the women to network face-to-face with other sisters in this group? Say, you know, other women in France, they get an opportunity to meet you or? Yeah. So we just started doing this uh, now and we're creating events in Paris for women that are living in Paris. Uh, Can I come? I don't live in Paris, but I can come. Okay. I'm excited. So tell me about it. I'm sorry. So we are just uh, starting to create those events because this is something that we heard from our audience that they want to meet in real, you know, real real life. life. And uh, so it's, we just began to do that and uh, we'll launch it very, very soon. And that can springboard into, uh, you know, business opportunities, networking opportunities, homeschooling. What do you say to the mothers too, uh, to support them? with their children because you know children can be in ha- a handful they can make it you know they can make it wonderful and exciting because they meet all the the kids and then the mothers get to meet all the parents or they can make it a nightmare because they don't want to be there yeah how do we balance that so i think first of all that we as parents are examples living examples for our kids so if we're dealing with this move abroad as a big challenge, as a struggle, then the same goes for our kids. And if we prepare ourselves and we look at this as an amazing opportunity, as an amazing experience, then, and this is what we tell them. And I can tell you that this is what I did with my kids before we moved. I ex- I gave them the excitement of this new journey that we're going in. Yes, it's going to be a challenge, but it's also amazing and exciting. And this is how they went for the first day at school without speaking French. Excited, excited for this new thing. And, you know, we don't give enough credit to our kids because they are just so fast and much faster than us. They do. They do. Um, I know that you're not Marigold, but what do you say about sustaining a relationship? 
you know, there's a, there's a struggle there. Okay. The woman was very independent. She was wearing that, you know, she was wearing those red bottom shoes and that tight pencil skirt. She was making six figures and now she's home in the Birkenstocks and the sweatpants and her hair in a bun. <laughs> so, you know, and then, and your man is looking at you like, you know, what happened to your vivaciousness? What happened to your gusto? What happened to us? What do you yeah. say? So first of all, this is real, you know, yeah. it really happens. It's not, you know, a story. It really happens. And we see a lot of those amazing women, amazing, strong, confident women that become, you know, so small and afraid to do things. And the worst thing that happens is that they blame their husband for getting a job opportunity and for moving around and for them to leave their friends and family and they blame and they blame and this blaming is toxic is the is, is the number one reason why those couples break up because something breaks inside the couple if there's one that is succeeding and the other one is losing themselves it's not working yeah. so there are two things we're saying to those ladies uh, the first thing is you didn't move for your husband it's very important to understand you think you did but you didn't and it's some tough love here but you had your own reason to move abroad and sometimes you need to dig deep enough to understand that you made a choice it was your choice to move as Mayan always say to those ladies and again it's like it's a tough love moment you could always choose to divorce before moving or to or to separate but you decided to go or to say no i'm not going i'm or, not leaving or you had a choice and it's time to take responsibility for your own exactly. choice exactly once you take responsibility you're in a better start now that you know that it was your choice and it's not the fault of your partner that you're in another country right now you can now start to ask what do you want from this experience you're here for, you know how long, sometimes you don't. Some people come for a year and stay 20. Uh, you're here for a reason. What do you want to make out of it? It's mm -hmm. about you. It's your choice. Again, it's your life. You're the on the driver's seat. True, your partner got the job offer, got the military job, got the, got the opportunity, got the studies. But you are here now. It's your life. What do you want to make out of it? Mm -hmm. who do you want to be once you know all of that you will become the better partner the better mom the better friend for everyone else but you first need to be better for your own self absolutely that's huge that's huge taking ownership responsibility because you do have a choice you could say no i'm not going or you know i get over there get settled let me come over let me come over and visit you know, you have a lot of options, a lot of things that you can do prior to even check in with these ladies before, you know, you get the word that your husband's going to move or maybe you're the wife and the husband has to move. Yeah, because also that's a very real situation. People don't flip it. They always put the, the you know, the cart before the horse. And sometimes the uh, cart is the wife and the horse is the husband. But there are a lot of men that are house husbands now and they yeah. are leaving with their wives because they are, and I just use the military as an example because I see a lot of that a lot. Um, but, you know, businesses and corporations and, you know, women are really at the forefront of these <clears throat> entrepreneurial ventures. The husband is staying home and taking care of the family. Do you deal with men also? 
I know that women have been your primary focus, but you know, do you tap in with a guy every now and then? Every, every now and then as part of one-on-one -on -one coaching, we, we have some clients like this, but it's not our main focus. The reason why is that we don't, we want to believe in, no, I, I believe in gender equality and we are, are the same, but we don't think the same. We don't feel the same. We don't behave in the same way. And we decided to focus our attention to women mm -hmm. first because we know what they're going through. We know how they feel right. and know how to talk to them. So it was easier right. for me. That's good. That's good. So in closing, ladies, let me ask some fun questions about you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go. Where was, out of all the places that you've lived, what was one of your absolute favorites? Uh, I would say I loved living in Dublin. It was such an amazing city. Uh, it has everything to offer that a big city has, but in a tiny town. I don't know how, it, how it's even possible. Everything we've done by foot. Uh, but I also share that it was a great student experience. I don't know how I would deal with it as an adult. Mm. Uh, but back then, it was an amazing time. I really enjoyed it. Maya? Paris. Paris is my love, my heart. Uh, it's where I get my inspiration. It's where I feel at home. So, Paris. <laughs> Gold, what brings you the greatest joy? Outside of, you know, working with women and your group and your business and travel, what else brings you joy? My family brings me a lot of joy. We're very close in our family. Uh, you can tell just by the fact that we're business partners, but sisters first. Um, and also, I think living, you know, doing things, feeling alive, going on adventures, being spontaneous. I do a lot of things. Mm. And for me, that's, that's the... We talk a lot about bringing joy to day-to-day -to -day life. Dancing in the living room—that's amazing. Absolutely. I've done it. I've done it earlier today. Um, being being alive, for real, feeling it—not just having the eyes open. Absolutely, Maya. So, family, uh, like I'll say, where family brings me joy. You know, our big family and my kids, my husband, and. Like Al said, it's those small things that bring you joy. It's like this song on the radio that you really like. It's like rain or sunshine. Those little moments um, that you feel it in your heart, it's different. And it's, you know, paying attention to those moments bring me joy. That's one of my favorite questions. Go. So, you're an appliance in the kitchen. What appliance would you be and why? Ooh. I, I would be a whip. <laughs> Mixing it oh, up. okay. All right. All right. I like, like a whip. Make it, make it fluffy so it'll rise. Make it, fluffy, make it fun. Make it shining. This would be me. Wow. Maya, that's what a, would you be? That's an amazing question. I think I'd be an oven. An know. oven? Yeah, I think, you know, I like the worm. The... Um, seeing things change, you know, with the heat. And uh, I think, yeah, I like I the I need the air fryer. Mm, Ooh, wow, that's, that's fancy. I want a little grease. I want it crispy. I want it juicy. And I want to do it quick. If <laughs> uh, you were a flower in the garden, Maya, what flower would you be and why? Wow. I don't know a lot of um, flower names, but 
Um, I think I won't be a flower. I be a green plant. Mm. Um, yeah, it's more about the green. Those evergreens that stay green all year. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I'll be a sunflower. Oh, yeah. sunflower. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful. And I yeah. see a gladiola. I love gladiolas because they just keep blooming and blooming and blooming. Uh, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Uh, wow. I guess some kind of bird, but I'm not sure which one. Not a pigeon, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> not a pigeon and not a crow, right? <laughs> but like, I don't know. Yeah, I love the idea of, of being completely free and seeing things from a different perspective. Mm. So I would love maybe, to have maybe an eagle? Maybe an eagle. That's going that was going to be my answer. An, an eagle. eagle. Yeah, <laughs> good, good. I'd be a party animal. Uh, <laughs> That's good. I get the party up and going. You ladies are so fun. You are so exciting and you are so incredibly unique. I think that this is a niche that you know people can embrace uh, and they can expand upon because it shows different levels of understanding. It shows your opportunity to embrace change. People struggle with change. Change is a constant. You, you can't get away from it. This yeah. is a, a, a template to show, you know, women, but also men can mimic the information that they learn from their wives and look at the growth and the development that they see in their wives, that this is, doesn't have to be combative that this doesn't have to be a struggle, that this can really be a harmonious, joyful, exciting opportunity for the entire family. So I thank you ladies for what you're doing. Like I said, this is absolutely brilliant. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you, to work with you, to join your Facebook group uh, and to take your online courses. So we are mostly on Instagram. It's Smoothitive on Instagram and we all are so the same on Facebook. And we have our podcast on YouTube and uh, on all the podcast platforms as well, uh, where we give some tips and advices and we talk about our experience uh, of living abroad. So that's mainly, I think. Yeah. Well, you can always look up Google, smoothative.com. You'll find all the information. There's no other smoothative out there. So if you type it, you'll find us. And quickly. Tell them how you came up with the name of Smoothitive. Ooh, that's our favorite question. Yes. <laughs> so actually, we had another business name before that, but about a year and a half ago, we had to change it for legal reasons. And it's it's a mix of two things. The first answer to this question would be that it's because we wish to all those women out there a smooth and positive life abroad. That's why we get into Smoothitive. Uh, but the behind the scene reason is that Mayan and I are calling each other. The nickname that we have is Smoothie and Smooth. That's how we call each other since about almost 20 years. Uh, it became, that's how we, like, we never call each other by name. We only call each other like this, Smooth and Smoothie. Uh, so when we had to come up with a name, it had to be something with it. So we're the Smoothie. That's beautiful. And you are, you are smooth because you whip it up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Thank you so much for being here with me and the Brains on the Edge. Brains, I need you to go like, love, share, and subscribe. Again, like, love, share, and subscribe. We're going to put all their contact information at the back part of this interview, but in the forefront of your mind, I want you to think about being open, being transparent, uh, being willing to change, to grow, adapt, go on vacation. Don't look at it as a Debbie Downer. Look at it as an exciting opportunity. And these ladies right here are going to be there to help you every step of the way. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for being here with me on The Edge. Thank you so, Thank you much. so much.